What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Boys, and you're here for another episode of the Facts Project. Today, two very special guests and returning guests, not too very long ago, Wells Thompson, Dalton Shannon. We are here to talk about Depths, a graphic novel of underwater survival. Thank you for being here, the both of you. Thank you for having us back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dig in. Yeah. Now, of course, the projects that I've known you for, uh, of course, with Mechaton and uh, this lovely beast right here, Frankenstein and Concord, (laughs) um, we take into the fact that this is actually the project that you're putting out now. This is your first collaboration. Yes. In the timeline. Yeah. And the yeah, first so one like, that we worked on together, the, the most recent one that we're actually putting out. Mm-hmm. Now, the storyline behind this, because this is a very in-depth, multiple-page graphic novel for exactly for what it is. <laughs> it, like, it's like, it's almost like, okay, in between all of these projects, you've you've been working on depths at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. So exactly yeah, for, been, for a lot of people who do not understand exactly what this project is, uh, when you're when you're looking at it in hindsight, t- taking it as based on something of a tale of underwater survival, what exactly is Depths? Uh, Depths is first and foremost. Depths is uh, a, a a tale of, of one man trying to survive in impossible conditions uh, in a suit of his own creation, uh, and. You know, it's a it's a sci-fi adventure uh, graphic novel, and and uh, there's and everything that goes with that. Uh, on the other hand, it is Dalton and I sort of dealing with our experience with uh, grief and depression, and and how we went through the hardest times in our lives. Uh, yeah, so it, it was it was a big project for us, really personal, um, and and one that we're really happy to to finally be getting out. Uh, it's also a, a big beast of a book, uh, whereas you know Frankenstein and and Mechaton, those are you know single issue at a time. We knew that this one was going to have to come out in a lot bigger chunks, uh, and and that it wasn't the kind of story that we could just lead with, uh, and people would be automatically on board for. Or I, I mean, maybe we've been proven wrong before, but I think Frankenstein the Unconquered popped off, um, and and people really really seem to to dig the kind of fun vibe of that book of Mechaton, and and we wanted yeah. to to bring that before we said, hey, this is our big serious piece that we've been you know that we've been stewing on for a while. But mm. don't worry, there's still set pieces in an adorable lock yeah. with us in this book. So. We're not we're not gonna leave you hanging. It's still cool, <laughs> but. <laughs> Mm. Now, is it uh, now? This is for Dalton. Is it true that the first emotional action in creating this book came from you? Yes. Yeah. It was uh, a weekend bender of depression, uh, where it was uh, living on my own for the first time, uh, not really having a lot of uh, connections or direction or or anything. Uh, I, I just kind of sat down and I had this image of a deep sea diver in my head and I wrote the first draft of the script, uh, first chapter. And, uh, I tried to, I think I got about four, four issues into the series and then it just died. Uh, and it wasn't going anywhere. I couldn't get it to, to work anymore. Uh, and then I was able to bring it to Wells. We had been workshopping a lot of our uh, individual ideas and uh, he seemed to really latch on to the idea of depths 
and uh, he was able to resuscitate it and uh, he figured out what wasn't working about the book and made it work and uh, brought us to where we are now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So like the Genesis was me, but like Wells is the one who saved the project. Mm. So, so Wells, what actually like drew your attention to actually create an attachment to this project that he was writing? So yeah, Dalton came with, with this idea of like, it is this um, you know, guy who gets stuck underwater uh, for three years. He's, you know, grieving the loss of his father. Uh, he, you know, a couple of other factors that were in there. Um, and it just immediately struck me as like, I, yeah, I know that guy. I, I've, I've been that guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the feeling of being, of being trapped, of, of like feeling like you're drowning, like that was something I had felt like I had experienced before and that I could say something about. Um, and and the setting is just so unique and and interesting uh, that the story certainly doesn't write itself, but it it was so open to possibilities that I, I felt like I really had to sink my teeth into it uh, and and sort of explore what could be done. And and you know, I as a result, we found some of our some of my favorite moments that I've ever written mm-hmm. into a book, mm. um, and some of the strongest characters, and uh, you know, one one particular sequence that every time I read it, I still get chills. So, and that will be in this first book. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm uh, everything about it stood out to me is like this is this is great, and it just needs to to find itself. Uh, I, yeah, and I, yeah. I I do love the character selection that you have. You have Emil, um, mm-hmm. his best friend James, uh, a reporter. I, I believe her name is Grace. Yes, Grace. Martin. Um, and and from what I'm seeing, like everybody pretty much has an emotional stake in the mm-hmm. storyline. So like, where we're we're talking about Emil, who is an alcoholic, and mm-hmm. um, also suffering from depression and the grief of his father all its own. You're looking at someone who is his best friend, James, who because of the action of him being underwater for so long, had first goes through this toll of desperation and then an overlying willpower for his friend, knowing that his friend is pretty much still out there, regardless of everybody giving up on him because of the, the belief system uh, that he's like pretty much all this belief that he's had in Emil all this time. He's always tried to break him out of his shell. You know, uh, Emil is somebody who stayed to himself the entire time. And, you know, like if anybody is to understand that this person is not dead, it would be Jen, James. And then Absolutely. you have somebody like Grace who is feeling an overwhelming self- sense of guilt. Yes. All right, just seeing if so I got she, that. Yes. No, <laughs> yes. no, absolutely. No, no you're, you're, you're right, right on, on it. Right yeah. on the money. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Grace, uh, you know, the, the first chapter sort of explores the accident and how Emil ended up underwater. Sets and, everybody up on their path for yeah. the rest of the series. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And 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 Grace is like very much kind of James's sidekick in, in some ways. Well, Badger is James's sidekick, but that's that's no, Grace is his partner. Grace is Grace becomes sort of the partner of his story, uh, but but also starts out as the antagonist of his story. Um, she she does what's necessary to to save lives on the boat, and that involves cutting a mill loose, 
and she feels guilty about it but she knows that she did the right thing at the same time and james doesn't see it that way uh and it takes him a long time to come around to see to to accept her point of view before they can begin making progress on looking for a mill so there's yeah there, there's a lot of uh, of tension going on with those characters mm. uh which was a blast to explore and uh and and write about but also just makes for a really meaty kind of uh scenario mm-hmm. right now do you feel like it was it was uh grace's uh, beyond the guilt that she had suffered from the incident, it, you know, most people would be taken aback, attacking the back, and and wouldn't feel as though they could do anything. Although Grace feels it in her own sense mm-hmm. of being to actually help. Would you feel the same, Dalton? Yeah, for sure. Grace is very much modeled after. Uh, she's she's a Lois Lane, true and true. Like <laughs> she's stubborn. She uh, knows she's right ninety six percent of the time, and she'll go to bat for that. Um, but she's also uh, she's also willing to admit when she's wrong, and uh, she want she wants to help as best she can. Mm-hmm. Like she she's not a reporter just to get her name on the byline. She's a reporter for the uh, that altruistic core that that purpose of helping yeah. people, and. Uh, James is is a very difficult man to work with, but uh, it's it's something that needs to to get done in her mind. She she wants to help not only because she feels guilty, but because if there's any chance that Emil's still alive, it's the right thing to do. Mm. I actually I actually realized in the summary one thing that came out to mind is that um, the lettering on like above the surface is totally different than it is below who 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 put that out there who did that <laughs> oh, oh the oh what, are, are you talking about was, the the, the literal topography or yes. like the way it's written the, okay the, yeah the literal topography it's... that's all nathan that's okay. nathan yeah nathan kemp is, a, is an excellent letterer uh he's mm-hmm. worked with us on, on uh he's worked with us on mechaton he's worked with us on frankenstein the unconquered he's worked with me on a couple short stories uh just creatively we're very in sync a lot of the time mm-hmm. and okay. uh, i think he understood that like you know there's a very different vibe going on above uh above the surface as opposed to below um there's also a lot more words on the page in this book yeah. than there are in something like frank and right. that's true there's a lot of reading it is it's <laughs> yeah uh it, it's very narration heavy it's very and, and we're going full not, scott snyder baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, no, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and, uh, and one one thing uh, about what what is it about the suit that keeps him there for three years? I read it. Oh yeah, it's, it's a perpetual diving suit, so it takes in the water around him and converts it to a sort of breathable oxygen. So he can stay down indefinitely. He's got a, a thing that can um, grind up the fish, make it into a nice paste, so that he can. Uh, keep eating um it has a waste filtration unit so it, it's the perfect exploration suit uh the problem is it can't get back up it doesn't have a propulsion unit attached to it or anything so oh. when he's down there unless he's got a line to bring him back up he's gonna have to get it out himself so he's when the story starts he's he's stuck he's been there for three years and uh the only way he gets back up is by walking and uh when you face the enormity of the ocean walking seems like uh not the best option right 
That's that's crazy because I'm thinking of like going uh, going backwards in school and learning in science about the continental shelf, mm-hmm. where basically like you're walking out mm-hmm. on the beach and there isn't there isn't point where you actually like fall off cliff. So is right. he yeah. trying to reach the surface by like climbing up? Uh, I think, like you said, it's 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 not as like a lot of people picture the ocean as being flat and then you just get to a beach, right? Uh, but where he is, it's you know, mountainous and, and the terrain is jagged and it's, uh, it's actually, uh, dangerous enough to travel there that it's become a bit of like a shipyard grave wreck, uh, or ship wreck graveyard. Yeah. Mm. Ship graveyard. So there are the, all these wrecked ships around and it's basically too dangerous to try and leave. So he's scrounging for supplies. He's looking for anything that might help get him out. Uh, and, and if that comes to climbing, then yeah it'll it'll probably get to that at some point but uh f- yeah for now it's where he is is just like too volatile to actually be able to climb out and escape and it's more about scrounging together what little you have or what little you can find it's also uh, like yeah. it's also like if he was to climb where would he go like mm. yeah he has it, no real sense of no direction real sense he could of be going, going. way yeah. he could yeah. be going further out yeah. So, so it, it's it's like uh, it's the old mantra: if you're lost, you got to stay in one place for those looking for you. Mm-hmm. And and so he did. And uh, at some point, he comes to the realization that nobody's looking for him. <laughs> and so he's got he, he's just living his day to day now. Mm. That's that's wild. Now mm-hmm. the the act of um, I guess when he he's going through this grief period, and of course he's going through this uh, this depression period, and did that is there a sense of panic right away when he does fall that far below to yeah, the oh, yeah. for sure oh, yeah. no it's it's i think the sort of the the cruel twist of of the uh experience is that he starts off you know it's it's the most exciting moment of his life and he he kind of feels like he, he can breathe again and then uh he gets you know the uh, the accident occurs, uh, something pulls him underwater and, uh, and he's, his lifeline is severed, uh, and all that is taken away from him in a moment. And he realizes, oh, this is, this is the end of the loan. This is the end of the line. Um, so yeah, of course, as you would do what anyone would do and he immediately panics, uh, and he just, you know, realizes very quickly that that's not going to be productive, um, it doesn't stop you know the human reaction of just like freak of freaking out but yeah mm-hmm. the, the very beginning is is panic and then and then it's it's trying to get your bearings and figure out what to do next mm. now there's a uh i guess a flashback sequence from uh from mm-hmm. i guess before the before the the incident to where um james is at, they're out at a party james is trying mm-hmm. to get a meal to come on out you know, like come, come and just have fun with me at least for once. Mm-hmm. And Emil is literally like mind crunching, just trying to mm-hmm. uh, get his thoughts together, put everything down on paper because it's a big day about to happen. Uh, you know, we're mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to the bottom of the ocean. Like I don't know what the fuck you celebrating about. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> like you over here having a drink, and I could drown <laughs> tomorrow. But you know, yeah, feel free, have a drink. You know, <laughs> but. Does Emil have a disdain for exactly, I guess, 
what humanity is. What makes James his friend in all this? Because Emil isn't necessarily the most social person. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a disdain. Emil is, uh, he's always been a shy person. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And the, uh, the grief of losing his father really, really made him pull inward even more. Okay. Uh, it, it's not just grief. It's a sense of guilt, whether it's warranted that is is driving a lot of that depression uh so when that happens uh no amount of cajoling from from james can really uh kind of snap him out of it uh, james is a good friend he wants to try and get emil to kind of come out and live again uh but uh, emil's trapped in that suit like he 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 found this idea on how to make this suit and it's been the only thing he's focused on ever since his father passed and uh so pretty much ever since then he's been trapped in that suit uh mm. so i don't think it's a disdain it's it's more a sense of why would i care about that i have more important things to do i don't deserve to experience that i i have to either i i have to prove something i have to make mm. up for something i i he, he's driven to correct something that went wrong and so he's uh yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a disdain, but but there's definitely a sense of I I why would I care about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So well, I think, which is something I think a lot of. Uh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say I think that's something that a lot of people going through it kind of feel is like, uh, <laughs> the, the the sense that you know, I don't, I I feel down, so I don't deserve to do anything to to feel better again. Uh, what I need to do is X, and then maybe sometime down the line, after I've had my penance, then I can feel better. And then I can start, you know, uh, enjoying life again, uh, which which is a mis I feel a, a mistake. You you shouldn't uh, close up. You should you should open up and you should uh, mm -hmm. talk to people as as much as you can and and maintain those connections. Uh, it, yeah, truly, if if not for James, he would be a lot worse off than he oh, is. Yeah. And the cool. fact that uh, you know, uh, James is around to help him do this is is probably the only reason it it wound up getting done in the first place. Just because you know he he would never have made been in the mental space to even move forward and and be productive in the like physical sense uh, without right. that connection there. Now, would you say that he feels as though he is misunderstood, in a sense, to a lot of people? I've I... never gotten that sense from him. I don't think he yeah. cares enough to believe that he's misunderstood. Uh, I think he has James, and that's all he's ever needed. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, if... Yeah, I... I maybe, maybe that's just me projecting <laughs> my own feelings, but, like, I just... I, I don't care. So I don't think Emil cares. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I think I think Emil cares what his mother thinks. And that's about <laughs> it. Okay. I mean, um, his mother and James. And uh, yeah. if, uh, outside of that, I think he's like, I'm just going to make the suit. Like, yeah. Emil is a lot more concerned with. I mean, he's actually a very selfish guy. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go but ahead that's... and say it. He's just like he's, he's much more concerned with himself. He's okay. I think one of his big flaws his is that he's, he's selfish and yeah, it, it to 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 steal a uh, a phrase. He sort of just wants to throw his own pity party and be left alone. Yes, uh, you know he he very much has that like woe is me attitude about him, mm -hmm. uh, but sort of cranked up to eleven. 
Mm. So. Okay. Um, now necessarily like a, a, a person like him and a person like James, mm -hmm. um, what, what basically brings James to have this much belief in him? He knows that basically Emil can achieve anything. And Emil yeah. has basically, uh, have had, has had this friend of James yeah. for a very long time. And yeah, their they camaraderie were... has their, they, they butt heads back and forth regardless, but right. But they're right. still best friends. They're brothers, man. Yeah, like yeah, they, they grew up together. They're mm -hmm. essentially brothers at this point. If Emil's family is James's spirit. family, yeah. Like, mm. yeah, they they care about each other. They understand each other, and more importantly, no one knows better than James that Emil is brilliant. Sometimes a selfish mopey uh, dunce, but brilliant. Like he's he's incredibly intelligent. He's he he knows how to make things and he is very good at it and that and vice versa and and vice versa james is is no slouch either he's he's an incredibly brilliant engineer in his own right so them working on it together it does not cross james's mind that, that the suit doesn't work as intended yeah. uh he knows that as long as james as emil is alive the suit will keep him alive and as long as nothing like go as long as the suit doesn't puncture or Emil like chooses to do something dumb or get himself killed, you know, by a shark or the many other ways you can die in the ocean. Of course. Uh, as long as that never happens, he'll be, he, he's going to be down there and he's going to be alive. Yeah. And that, that more than anything is not, I, I think there is like a, maybe a small sense of denial about it. Like he just, he definitely doesn't want to believe that Emil is gone, but at the same time, uh, have, being so aware of what Emil is capable of, uh, he knows that there's no reason he shouldn't be alive and still down there. Yeah. Mm. It's very much uh, a relationship built on trust and love, and just uh, they they just like being around each other. They bring the mm -hmm. best out of each other, and uh, it's it, they they accomplish great things together. And uh, and he's. Besides Emil's family, like James is the reason to come home because mm. I mean, at the very least, so we can say, look, the suit works. Mm. And even in the act of uh, his own uh, struggle being underwater for this long, it's not too far removed to be to be said that uh, Emil does find a companion when he's down there. Uh, one <laughs> being a very he does. He does. giant Pacific octopus that. Mm -hmm. uh, follows Douglas. him around like a dog. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Douglas is is great. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I, his I name is Douglas, even... right? His name, his is, name Douglas. is Douglas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't even remember where Douglas came from. Was Doug Douglas was in the first draft? Yeah, of the script. no, Douglas yeah. was in the very yeah. first. It was in yeah. the very beginning. Emil comes to the cave, and Douglas is there, and like he he gives him some food, and Douglas munches down. I I don't know why I thought octopus, but but it it fit. And Douglas is this uh this bright light in the darkness of that is the ocean and Emil's depression. Uh, very much a boy and his dog. Mm -hmm. Uh, it 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 brings a nice spice to uh the the heavy meal that is uh depths mm. yeah the the thing that it reminded me of is honey i shrunk the kids and they made they <laughs> they made that companion and the ant yes okay yes that, that basically <laughs> like walked them around the entire time he was like look mm -hmm. you're not out yeah. here alone i'll be in this lawn with you yeah mm -hmm. we'll 
we'll go through all these adventures together. For sure. Yes. As long as there's food on the table, we'll go through this together. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But but not even without the turmoil, there is, of course, uh bits and pieces of climaxes because he in fact, being underwater, you have to deal with the elements. You're not not mm -hmm. even sure exactly like weather-wise what happens underneath there. He's dealing with gigantic sea creatures that are down there, regardless mm -hmm. of what it because he's at the bottom of the ocean. He might be dealing with shit we've never even heard of. Right. Especially I mean, in the he's 1930s. Not the, <laughs> he's not like at the, you know, he's not in the abyss. He's okay. not um, gotcha. he's he's not at the point where like photogenic light can no longer penetrate yeah, the suit can't withstand that uh, kind of pressure yeah so that that's actually uh, one of the many things that we uh sort of researched and and decided was a, a really compelling plot element was like there's definitely going to be this point where if he's you know if he falls to a certain depth the suit is just gonna crush in like a can yeah. like he's just he's just gonna uh I, <laughs> the divers call it the squeeze uh, where you your body shoots up into the uh, glass bowl and just all kind of liquefies up there. Oh. It's really gross. Uh, okay. So yeah, there, there's a lot to be afraid of beyond just like you know sea creatures and and the regular stuff that can kill you. There's a lot of there's a lot of really uh, nasty stuff that can happen to him. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's everything about uh, living down there, like. There, there could not be an environment less suited for human habitation than the bottom of the ocean. Like, right. truly, it is, it is a completely inhospitable place in every regard. Uh, now, now the, the the two the, the two um, I guess uh, points of contact that you described in in this book were twenty thousand leagues under the sea and the Martian. Yes, uh, that, that I read. Now. The Martian, of course, with him be um the, the the lead character being lost on Mars, had to come mm -hmm. up with a lot of ingenuity. In the or mm -hmm. well, <laughs> right. had to had to come up with a lot of ingenuity <laughs> to survive. Now, right. Emil being this incredibly intelligent human being, um, and being down there for three years, and then all like once again that premise of having someone believe in them in that entire time. But what are what can you say are some of the things that he does without any spoilers that mm -hmm. he does to survive? Uh, uh, he's, he's very, he, he's got a pretty good map of the area first and foremost. Um, he made it a point once he stopped panicking and found like an actual place to set up a base, uh, a dude kind of explored knew where the, the no, no areas were. Mm. Uh, don't, don't go check that out. Sharks there. Or uh, he, he's learned how to draw predators uh, either away or to him with uh, with with carcasses and, and all sorts bait. of bait. Um, dude. Uh, it, it's a lot of that. It's it's a lot of geographic. Crafting, uh... it, it's a lot of geographic knowledge, crafting some sort of weapons, because I mean, he lost his knife in the in the incident. Yeah. So like and he had scavenging to make it, for that matter, finding scavenging. like finding shipwrecks and scavenging yeah. stuff that or stuff that might be useful from there because you're not uh, going to be growing a garden underwater so it, yeah. it's all no it's all hunting <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the one maybe maybe advantage you could say is that emil has the option to hunt because there there's other mm -hmm. life forms around him but you can imagine that that is not the uh <laughs> he, he basically has to be the world's worst worst ambush predator uh mm -hmm. like he's uh <laughs> 
he he's very obvious underwater uh pretty easy to see and very slow as well so yeah he has to uh you know he's already he's you know his body is not made to move in the water he's in this massive clunky suit uh so yeah it's 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 incredibly challenging but uh sort of his ingenuity comes out in finding ways to to make it easier for himself and and ultimately survive uh whether it's you know finding vegetation or or like dalton said using prey uh using other scraps from from what other predators around uh are are chowing down on you know where, mm. whatever where wherever he can get uh you know uh his his kind of scavenger mode in um and then and then yeah i think it like dalton said it comes out more more uh, fervently in like the exploration and the understanding of how far he can go before he needs to go back to to shelter and uh and and figuring out what's out there and what what can be useful for, to potentially get him home mm. now i think we spoke on it briefly because you talked about his hunting explorations how exactly does he eat Okay. This is it's, a little it's a little gross. hand wavy. Yeah, uh, it's hand wavy for sure. No. If he's got he's got the fish, there's a little pouch on the side that you stuff the fish into and it processes it into a paste which it gets fed into a tube up into the mouth. Mm, and so he just I, he, he just drinks fish paste for 3 yeah. years. If it was set in the modern day, I totally would have uh just had it pump it directly into his stomach, but Right. <laughs> yeah. Which would then but yeah, fish space. Be crazy. Now, and and then you talked about waste production. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, how does the filtration unit? Yeah, they, it feeds it into the pack and spits so, it out. Yeah, sort of the same way astronauts handle it, which is to say, uh, got to imagine all that fish is yeah, yeah, not that you, solid. You go and then uh, you know uh, it, it gets filtered out into the water. Mm -hmm. um, how that happens exactly with 1930s technology exactly again it's it's hand wavy <laughs> this is the, the magical realism i, aspect. I was gonna say i i believe very strongly in enchanted objects in stories like mm -hmm. uh, i i love magical realism and i love uh i love all genre for sure but like magical realism is my wheelhouse uh where i like to to spend the night um the way Jennifer Egan describes it is is enchanted objects. This idea of just like it can be something ordinary, but it has an extraordinary effect on the world. Mm -hmm. And that can be, you know, in this story, it's the suit. The suit does not can't exist in in real space in a lot of ways, but the fact that it exists sort of facilitates everything that needs to happen with the story and the problems that it creates are are meat to chew on for for the characters and and situations that can arise in the plot sometimes it's it's literally a like you know hand waving a magic and and sometimes it's it's something as simple as like a kid's walkman you know it doesn't have to be necessarily a major plot device but just uh these little objects that that make the world of the story tactile and, and different and and uh sort of singing in their own tune Got you. Now, it, as far as like this time that he has underneath, he often, well, not even often, all the time gets that time to reflect. He's speaking mm -hmm. about his childhood, you know, things that happened when he grew up, his relationship with James. Like what mm -hmm. are, are all these pretty much factors in him trying to persevere? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's. I, there's there's not a world where like 
if I got stuck underwater for three years, mm-hmm. I'd crank that helmet off and just be done with it. Like, yeah, I don't well, like have the, any, is, there, is there a sense of giving up? Yeah, though, for every day, every day. But uh, Emil has a very like unique and specific reason for even going into the water in the first place, even if he doesn't telegraph it to James. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so it's a selfish reason. And it's uh, it's one that keeps him down there, even if he's given up hope of ever going home. Well, there's at least a glimmer that maybe he can accomplish this thing. He has only been like a fever dream of his. Uh, So that that keeps him going. And and then there's a nice little bonus of there are people up there waiting for him if he should ever go get to go home. Um, So. So, yeah, there's lots of the the so much time to reflect uh we we go we there's a lot of flashbacks in this book mm-hmm. so we get to see like the we get to see why emil has such a strong connection to these people and these memories and and why it's enough for him to kind of keep going um but but yeah it it, it all plays into his state of mind and his even though he's incredibly depressed and and grief-ridden why he doesn't just take the helmet off and get it over with Right now, um, necessarily, um, is any portion, I mean, this, this book as a whole, um, book one, I guess you, you wrote it initially is issues, but book one, I would say yes. when you wrote mm-hmm. it, was it like, was it like four to six issues? And of course this, this is going to go into it's another. A, yeah. It's the seven first, issues. It's a seven issue long series. Mm-hmm. The, the seventh issue is a double, uh, double size. So it really, you can think of it as eight issues. The first four are this book one, and it has it's a satisfying arc in its own right, uh, with with a really meaty, nasty cliffhanger that I I can't wait to to explore. Okay. And then book two is picking up right where that leaves off up until the end, so five through through seven. Um, so yeah, two books of equal size. Uh, we we got to get this one done. We. <laughs> that we, we could have done it in one, one book. We just knew that we couldn't come out $40,000 campaign and said, Hey, <laughs> like that was never going to happen. So, right. so we, we did what we thought we could manage $20,000 campaign. Uh, you know, if at, at reasonably priced uh, hard covers, if we wanted to go super expensive and thought people would pay it, then, you know, maybe, maybe there was a chance, but I doubt it. Um, so, you know, with respect to people trying to, you know, uh, not pay through the nose for a book, uh, you know, we, we figured if we get 400 people on board, uh, to, you know, with that, that want a hardcover of this thing, that'll be enough. And so far it's looking like we're right. We just need to, we just need to reach those 400 people. Okay. Hey man, I, I, I'm, I'm totally all for it. Now, would you say uh finally that um is there any portion uh or or better yet is there any any singular piece of a meal uh that is reflective of either of yours personal lives (laughs) yeah (laughs) almost all of it yeah Uh, outside of being smart and alcoholic well that one's still up for debate but outside of being smart like a meal is basically yeah yeah he's got he's got the depression he's got the anxiety he's got the daddy issues like emil (laughs) yes for sure 
I think Emil is uh, sort of the like both the romanticized version and the the lowest form of how we how we view of ourselves. Um, you know, it's it's easy to get caught up in your own uh, uh, in your own nonsense, you know, <laughs> and start thinking like mm -hmm. that what you're doing isn't worthwhile and that, uh, you know, you're stuck and that it's your fault and you deserve this and blah, 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 blah. Um, and Emil really, you know, the worst part of his personality definitely uh, comes from, from those feelings and, and how I feel about myself in my low moments. Um, and then the sort of the, the, better parts of him the, the the stuff that's redeemable the stuff that makes him a compelling character is all the stuff that i you know i either hope that i possess that sort of tenacity that that creativity that um you know ability to to, to work under pressure uh or at the very least like hope to achieve aspire to you know uh i i think i'm pretty smart i don't think i'm i'm you know <laughs> I don't think I'm hundred of years ahead of the curve, you know, engineering uh, impossible things smart by any stretch of the imagination. But, uh, but it, you know, that level of uh, that level of again creativity and and sort of uh, brilliance under pressure is something I aspire to at the very least. So I put all I my good qualities into James. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I, I figured that as well. I figured that there was at least bits and pieces in 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 all of these yeah. characters. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I feel mean, like every I, every character you make has something yeah. of you in them. Like, I mean, if we're gonna break it down, uh, Emil's depression is probably closer to Wells's, and James's depression is probably closer to mine because I I get pretty manic. Got you, got you. Well, mm -hmm. hey, at the end of the day, at least we know that there is a large cliffhanger, but it, there is a happy ending to this. <laughs> We didn't. Oh, hey, we didn't say that on air. No, we, no, we, didn't. we didn't say that. No, 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 we didn't. There's, there is another. There book. is. There is certainly an ending. <laughs> gotcha. And it makes me cry like a baby, and oh. I think it's perfect. But that's all I'm gonna say about it. <laughs> Ooh, damn. Okay. Got it. Well, hey, I appreciate the both of you once again for yes. uh, let yeah. let me dive deep into the depths of this book. Oh yeah, my God! Every time, there's another one. He, he said the thing. Yeah, he yeah, said yeah. the put, thing. Put it, look, put it on the list. There we go. That's another one. Look, there was there's so many synonyms that you could give for <laughs> diving deep. All right. It's, yeah. So, yeah. figured I'd depths, use it. Depths is is just a gift to to podcast hosts, guys. Like, yeah. that, that's what, what this is. <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? It's Swimming really in the shallow end. I could say. <laughs> this, this is, this is not a comic book. It is a press release, and we're doing you a favor. That's what we're saying. <laughs> well, either way, I am happy to have you. Hey, we're happy yeah, to we're, be on. Thank you so we much. We love being on. Yeah, this has been great. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, once again, from uh, James Grandmaster Facts Boys, Wells Thompson, Dalton Shannon, Get Defs, book one, live on Kickstarter right now. Everybody get out there and get it. Thank you. Thank you for being here to both of you. Thank you. For having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And we are out.